Retirement Tips Radio is brought to you by Business Radio X, the voice of business in your community. Currently serving over 25 markets, the Business Radio X network is growing fast. We're teaming up with retired execs and established entrepreneurs to support and celebrate local business leaders. If you'd like to make additional income while making a difference, discover more at brxteam.com. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Retirement Tips Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today I have with me Austin Hare, and he is with Leaders Real Estate. Welcome, Austin. Hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me on the show. I am excited to learn more. Um, tell us about Leaders Real Estate. How are you serving, folks? Yeah, so uh, Leaders Real Estate, we're primarily a development team, real estate development team, and um, we also have a, a university component, which means that we teach people how to invest in real estate. And so our, our emphasis is really on healthcare practices, you know, um, for people who are in the, you could be in dermatology, you could be in urgent care, you could be in family medicine, dental is a big one, even uh, as far as veterinary or chiropractic. But we teach them, you know, how to best find the site selection that suits them. We also, the main part, uh, is also teaching them how to co-invest with us or invest in commercial real estate so that they can get a maximum ROI on their investment. And then we help uh, individuals invest alongside us as well. Now, I'm sure uh, most of our listeners are aware of real estate investing for their home. Uh, can you share maybe the differences about how you approach real est- uh, commercial versus residential? Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that a lot of people assume, well, some people assume that because they know residential, that they also know commercial. And there are some overlaps, but they're, they're surprisingly different. So just to start broad level overview with residential real estate, it's, you know, the three rules, right? Location, location, location. And so it's all about where it's located. And it doesn't matter who lived there before. I mean, to the extent that they're not messing up the property, right? But um, it doesn't matter how much they're paying in rent uh, to an extent. It's all about like, okay, where is this building located? Where is this house located? And what are the comparables selling for in that area? Commercial real estate is very different because you could have a building that is unoccupied by itself. The structure is worth $1.5 million. Okay. So let's just say that you all of a sudden get that leased out. You find a, a few tenants, whatever it takes to get the building leased out. And now you've driven up the value of the building to $2.5 million. Okay. Now, let's say that you've got some, um, the tenants that you get in there are actually really nationally accredited tenants where their credit rating is really, really good. They're really, really strong and they are backing the lease. Now, even if they're saying, paying the exact same rent, you've increased the price of the building from the value from 2.5 million to about 3 million. And that $500,000 is all margin because they're paying the exact same rent and your expenses are the exact same. And so really the, the point I'm trying to make is that the difference in residential and commercial comes down to the amount that they're paying in rent. Okay. So it's a lot more like a business in that sense and the credit of the tenant. And then, but you're kind of investing in each of your tenants is part of the business. Yeah, it is. So um, with, 
what we focus on specifically is that's just broad level, right? So for us here at Leaders Real Estate, what we we focus on healthcare and, and doctors and even really healthcare practices. So a lot of time, a lot of our clients have thirty to hundred locations, and so we will we'll do one of two things in that in that situation. Um, sometimes doctors will have a pipe dream of owning their own real estate, and you know they have their location, they have their single practice, and they want to own their building too. And in that case, um, we help structure the deal for them. Uh, we might help them buy a building that has room for additional tenants so that they can help their cash flow, or um, we might help them buy an individual one uh, for that has a single tenant occupancy building for themselves to rent it out. And so if the company you know, is very big, like let's just say we have 100 locations, well, in that case, a lot of times their capital is better spent growing the business than it is reinvesting in the real estate. So we might do some sort of joint partnership there Well, where we will either buy the building and we'll invest in it ourselves and we'll develop it ourselves and we'll rent it back to them or we open up um, some of that investment opportunity for the doctor as well. So they are co-owning that building alongside with us. So now how does this, the retiree or potential retiree come into play in this? Are they investors with you uh, for these commercial real estate deals? Yeah. Yep, correct. So um, let's, you know, we can, we can do an example uh, based on, on earlier. So, you know, like, I think that in general, when you're retiring, stocks are always a good idea. You know, I would never tell anybody not to do that, but real estate is a great way to diversify. And so you're in real estate, um, the returns can take a little bit longer. So that's the downfall, but they're pretty safe. You know, it's way, way, way less volatile. So it, you know, there's pros and cons. Now, what that would actually look like is we would, as leaders of real estate, we would go, we would find a building for a medical practice. Let's just say that um, in this case, they've got 30 locations. So when you're dealing with a company, a healthcare operation syndicate that's got 30 locations or more, typically you start getting really, really good credit ratings. And that is going to significantly drive the value of the building. So what most commercial develop, real estate developers do is they will be area specific. Usually it's local to where they live. They look for a building. They try and find it as, as cheap as possible. So you might go um, you know, find a, a 10,000 square foot building that you think you can get it for a really good deal. You talk the price down, you buy it, and then you start the process of looking for tenants. Okay. And so you're kind of at the mercy of what your broker can find or what's available in that area as well. And like we talked about earlier, if the tenants don't have great credit, then the value of the building will never increase to the maximum potential. So what we do that's a little different is we find the tenants first, okay? So right now we're working with several um, tenants like we talked about that have great credit rating and we continue to grow our Rolodex of tenants and then we allow them to tell us where they wanna go, right? So as an example, we just, bought a building out in the Midwest in Missouri because we had a tenant tell us that they want to go there. So we went, we found a building that was unoccupied. So remember we talked about earlier, a building that's unoccupied is worth less. We bought it at the unoccupied, we actually negotiated down even cheaper. So we bought it at the unoccupied price at a little bit of a discount. Then because we know the tenant that's going in there, we're filling that empty building with a nationally accredited tenant. And what does that do to the value of the building? Well, it almost doubles it, right? So we have some expenses that we have to take. We have to do construction. We have to develop it. 
And if it's a multi-tenant building, we have to pay brokerage fees and stuff like that to get other tenants in there. But we are, it's almost like arbitrage. I like to call it legal insider trading because you are finding these really cheap unoccupied buildings and you're driving, you are adding value to the building with a really, really nationally accredited tenant. And so what we would do um, with a, if somebody was looking for a retirement strategy where they wanted to invest their money, well, we would uh, essentially have a fund where you can invest. Uh, if the building costs 1.5, let, let's just say $2 million for round numbers, right? So the total project all in is going to cost $2 million. That's, you're going to buy the building. You're going to fix it up. You're going to do the construction. You're going to hire general contractors, everything like that. And um, that means that you're going to have to get the bank to lend you about $1.5 million and you're going to be responsible for raising 500,000. So in this scenario, a, you don't necessarily have to have one person pay the full $500,000 amount. You can spread that out as much as you want. So maybe anywhere between 25,000, you know, up to $500,000 would be the investment size, the amount of capital required to do that deal. So you would own, and then you would, that's split between, um, you've got the investors on one side, which are creating the money. Those are called your limited partners. And then you've got the general partners on the other side. And that would be where we would come along, where the, the general partners are the ones who are getting the deal done. Okay. They're finding the locations. They're finding the tenants. They're hiring the general contractors. They're overseeing the projects and they're just making sure that it's happened. Limited partners are simply, you're putting up the capital. Okay. And you are, that's the extent that you're of your responsibilities. And after that you are, um, just collecting the check and, and, and the profits, right? So at that stage, what you do is you would create a split between the general partners and the limited partners. And um, that way you're both incentivized to have a, you know, maximize the amount of profit on the project. Does that make sense? Sure. Now, um, what percent, because like say hypothetically, uh, you said there was uh, $500,000 in capital needed to, I guess, get the deal started. And I say, okay, I'm in for a hundred does that mean I own 20%? What do I own? Like what, how many yeah, so, shares um, of this? Usually it's, a, it's like a 50-50 split between the general partners and limited partners, okay? And so we're going to, we'll use our, our example from earlier of $2 million deal. So, you know, the building um, costs $1.5 million. You're going to have 500000 in construction costs. But if you're using our strategy, which is where you're finding nationally accredited tenants, well, the building could easily be worth $2.9, 2 dollars after everything's all said and done. And so you just, you can obviously hold it for cash flow, right? Or you can sell it. So let's just say in this example, we sell it. Let's say it costs $2 million. Um, we, we put a great tenant in there. It's worth $2.8 million. So that's $800,000 in profit. Okay. So in this case, you would split that, okay, 400,000 between the general partners, 400,000 between the limited partners. And you're looking at about anywhere between eight to you know 18 months so somewhere between six months and a year and a half usually it's right about that year mark and so in that of that five hundred thousand dollars of the pool of money for the limited partners there would be a four hundred thousand dollars return in addition to that five hundred thousand right so it's about an eighty percent return on your money does that make sense to that, answer that yeah question? now now let's say something bad has happened like the economy tanks and then you're not being you're not able to sell it so you got to stick with it so that's also an option in this, or do you have to take a loss because you decided I'm going to sell it after 18 months? Yeah, usually these things are pre-negotiated ahead of time. And so you will have different parameters that the different benchmarks, right? So um, 
another option, I don't know how much time we have. I don't want to get too complex, but uh, you can refinance. And what that looks like is you buy the building, you know, based on an empty evaluation, it costs you $2 million. You fill it with good tenants. You go back to the bank and you say, Hey, listen, now that we've got these good tenants, this, we, you know, this building is worth $2.8, $3 million. And so then you can refinance for that higher valuation. So you get a new loan from the bank, use that money to pay off your old loan and your investors. Okay. And so now you've gotten the majority of your money back and you are still getting that, that cash flow every month. And now it'd be less cash flow because your debt went up, but you're still going to be cash flowing and you got the majority of your money back. So um, if something happens where let's just say the economy tanks and you have this building, maybe you don't have the full entire amount of the building rented out. Well, uh, if you are at the, if you're in the place where you're not making enough money to make ends meet and in, your rent is less than your expenses, then you'd have to do what's called a capital call, okay? And so of that, of that $500,000, if you invested 100,000 in that, you would own 20% of the limited partnership, okay? And so as, if we had to do a capital call where money was required to go in and you did not want to, or you were not able to put in that money, well, your 20% would get diluted in proportion to the amount of money that's required for the capital call, right? So does that answer that question? Uh-huh. So, but there is, there is a kind of uh, options. It's not like, okay, sorry, this is how it's going to play out. Yeah. So in general, the commercial real estate and real, in just real estate, you, you always have a building, which is what I like about it. So you've always got something physical, something tangible. So, you know, if you compare this to something like starting a business or investing in a business, those are all, I think those have unlimited potential, like unlimited, you know, the, the, you can go to the moon, right? But um, if they fail, you, you are at risk of losing everything sometimes. Where with a building, let's just say we buy it and we're not able, the economy tanks and for some reason we don't get every, um, every unit rented out, okay? Well, you, at the end of the day, you still got a building, which is going to have intrinsic value. So it's very rare that you are going to lose your entire investment, right? Like you probably... Worst case scenario is you you just don't make a return on your money, but there is a chance that you might have to sell a building at a fire sale and then you would just get back less than you originally contributed. But you always know that there's something concrete, tangible that's got intrinsic value. And then you're only showing your investors uh, things that have kind of that anchor tenant already built into the deal? Correct. Yep. Yeah. So we are very risk averse. <laughs> we don't like, we have done spec deals, you know, in the past, because sometimes um, you might just get an, a phenomenal opportunity. If, if the price of the building is cheap enough, like if that you are able to negotiate a good enough deal, we might buy that building without, even before we have the tenants. But for the most part, what we're doing is we're finding the tenants. Okay. It's a, it's a tenant driven business. We're going to these locations. We're scouting out the empty buildings. And then at that stage, when we already have the tenant, and a lot of times we'll already have the lease. Okay. So if there's these medical tenants, they'll even, they, they work with us. Like we're working hand in hand. They know that we're finding buildings for them. They know we need to make a profit. We're very open. We're very transparent with all of our numbers, with our investors, with our tenants, with everything. We're, we're open book. And so they will sign us the lease based on the numbers that we need to have in order to make it make sense for us to buy that building. So when we have the lease in place and we're, and we have a building in place, then at that stage, we'll go out, we'll raise money. And that's when the investor would come into play is at the, the very, you know, final straw of getting the whole deal done. 
So now if you were giving advice to maybe a retiree that wants to diversify, maybe create an additional revenue stream for themselves and, and kind of dip their toe into commercial real estate, what would be some baby steps they can take to educate themselves and to, um, you know, kind of mitigate some of their risk? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. So, you know, I think, um, first of all, a lot of times I see people who have a retirement dream that just want to invest in real estate and they don't care whether it's residential or it's commercial or whatever. And that's great. But the thing I always caution with is if you are going to invest in residential, don't think of it as a passive income stream because it's touted a lot on the internet. Um, there's a lot of gurus talking about that sort of thing. You know, people can create a YouTube channel and, and just start touting passive income. But remember, it's, it's more like a mini business. So if you are buying something small or for yourself, even, you know, you are the property manager at that stage. And so might not take all of your time, might not take the same amount of time as your job did, but you got to, you have to budget for that bandwidth of your attention. Okay. Because it's going to take some time. So I would say my recommendation is to invest in something where you're going to be not required to fill the responsibilities. Now you can do that. And like through us, we have an, a fund for people investing as limited partners, but another way is through a REIT. Okay. An REIT, it's a real estate investment trust. Real estate investment funds are publicly traded on like, you know, the New York stock exchange. And those are also a great alternative because you might not, there is no minimum. You know, some of these shares are $12, $30, $50. And so you get to participate in um, a lot of the upside, a lot of, you know, the capital gains, um, the dividends, stuff like that. And I think that's a good way to kind of dip your toes in the water. It's a little bit, it is pretty safe. And so you're also, your returns aren't going to be as high as investing in something like a, an actual medical building or driving a value, but it's a great way to get started and you can do your own research that way too. So now if somebody wanted to learn more about what Leaders Real Estate's up to and maybe um, educate themselves about your you, your team, and your process, do you have a website? Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got a website. It's Leaders, R-E, R-E is for real estate, right? So leadersre.com. They can find us there. We got our, um, we also have a podcast that we do um, that shows about how doctors at your medical practice can invest in real estate. We also have a private Facebook group. It's called Real Estate University for Healthcare Practices. So um, I suggest the website, but really any one of those any one of those three platforms would be a great way to get in touch and learn about what we're doing. So now what do you need more of right now? Do you need more kind of uh, medical practices that want to expand? Do you need more investors? Yeah, I, I think right now we're are focused a little bit more on growing our Rolodex of tenants. Now we can always use investors too. you know, um, we do, we have, we're very lucky that we have like um, some investors that have given us the authority to go out and they've said they'll back the projects. Uh, so, you know, we, we need, well, you, you know, we'll make room for both, but we're focused on a little bit more right now on getting the medical practices who are looking to grow and expand. So then once you identify that medical practice, then you, and they say, I want to go to Missouri, then all of a sudden you got to find folks in Missouri that want to kind of lease the other, the, the rest of the space. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So if we if, if it's a multi-tenant building, which they're not always, sometimes it's just one one tenant, one building, one one suite, right? But if it's multi-tenant, then yeah, we would go, we'd use our medical practice to help us locate and target a building. Um, now, if there's and if there are multiple suites available for rent, then we would hire a local broker potentially. What's up now? 
if it, sometimes we have, like we might be able to do an urgent care and a dentist with our Rolodex attendants in the same building. And then in that case, um, the profit's even better, right? But yeah, if, if it's not making sense for any of our other tenants, then what we do is we would hire a local broker and then they would help us fill the balance of that building. And then it would be up to our discretion to pick a building or pick a tenant that would have the best credit rating so that we're still boosting the value of the building. So, you know, I think that's a common misconception. People go to start businesses and, and rent buildings from landlords and, you know, they don't understand why it's so hard to get it. It's like, hey, I'm paying you money. Well, it's because if your credit's not that great, you're not really helping the value of that building. So it can be a di- more of a difficult process. You know, it's not just like, hey, shut up and take my money. <laughs> you know, you really have to vet that tenant and, and make sure that they're, they're good for the money. And of course, the higher that their credit rating, well, the better that value of that building if you want to go sell that building soon. Good stuff. Well, Austin, thank you so much for sharing your story today. Yeah, you're welcome. You know, I hope that provided some value and hopefully gave a little bit of clarity to some people who are thinking about, uh, you know, retiring and getting into commercial real estate. Yeah, well, we want to give people as many options as they need in order to have a successful retirement. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Well, it was really great talking to you and, you know, happy to help anytime. All right. That was Austin Hare and he's with Leaders Real Estate. That's leadersre.com. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Retirement Tips Radio. Retirement Tips Radio is brought to you by Business Radio X, the voice of business in your community. Currently serving over 25 markets, the Business Radio X network is growing fast. We're teaming up with retired execs and established entrepreneurs to support and celebrate local business leaders. If you'd like to make additional income while making a difference, discover more at brxteam.com.